I'm not gonna debate you, Jerry. I'm not gonna sit here and debate. Hello and welcome to the Red Glare Podcast. My name is Daniel Fritch. This is episode two of the Red Glare Podcast. This weekend saw the Texans face off against the team that they played in that second preseason game, the Los Angeles Rams. It's so memorable, these preseason games. I just can't stop thinking about them. The Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay's Los Angeles Rams. Now this weekend, I work out of town and I I work Monday through Friday and then I drive home and am able to spend the weekends with my with my family, with my wife and my kids. And this weekend was no exception. So I get home. Uh, I watched the Texans Friday night. On Saturday, I had a few errands I needed to run. I needed to get my oil changed. I asked my six-year-old, do you want to come with me to get uh, get get my oil changed, come to Walmart? And he's all about it. He loves Walmart. And so I, I'm able to kill a few birds with, with that stone, right? I can get my oil changed spend some time with the boy, um, get my wife's uh, vegetables uh, grocery shopping out of the way while the while the car's getting the oil changed. So we head to Walmart, kids excited, get the car in for the oil change. We make our way all through the shopping list. I'm terrible at finding things. Almond butter, where would that be? Um, and ultimately, we get all the stuff that we need. And my son makes out like a bandit because in the clearance aisle we found this doggy do game where the point of the game is you get a dog to crap and you collect the crap and the winner at the game at the at the end of the game is the player that had the most crap now see if i was designing the game it would have been the player with the least amount of crap at the end of the game would have been the winner but what do i know right i, I don't know games so we get to where it's time to check out. We got everything on the list. I even brought a pen because I'm terrible at getting everything that I'm supposed to get. And I, as we got everything, I scratched it off. I was like, okay, we got our watermelon. We got our cucumbers. We got our everything. And so we make our way to, to check out. And we're in Walmart. And it's a fairly busy time of day. It's a Saturday mid-morning. A lot of people there. But I had enough vegetables that I said, I'm going to go old school, like like we're in the 90s, and I want an actual human being to ring these up. I don't want to type in cucumbers, how much do they, I don't want to do it myself. Somebody's going to have to do it for me in this case. Won't be me doing it. So Walmart, and this particular Walmart, in their infinite wisdom, they had three human beings working in the checkout area and, you know, 50 robots if you wanted to scan it yourself, but three actual living, breathing, carbon-based life forms that would actually do this for me, which is what I needed and wanted. So, we go to check out, and I'm, I just picked the shortest of the three lines. I just, I'm like, okay, the third one that's clearly the shortest line, that's the one we're getting into. Uh, my boy and I, we get in line. Uh, shortly thereafter, we're sort of you know, people get behind us in line. Then we're in the row between the Kardashian magazines and the Snickers bars. And we are there. Like, we're not going anywhere. We are we are committed to this line at the Walmart. And my son's excited, right? Because he's got, he's going to be knee deep in dog poop here in a minute. As soon as we can get this game purchased, get through this line, he's got serious business to attend to when we get home. So I didn't 
do the math when we got in the line on how many items are in everyone's cart. I just didn't do it. I just looked for the shortest line, got in that line, and all of a sudden, of course, we have the lady in front of me. I look at her cart, and it is filled, overfilled. I would say filled to capacity, but that would be that would be misleading because it was over capacity. You're thinking WrestleMania three, the Detroit Superdome, in terms of attendance, that's what we're looking at in terms of this shopping cart and the items in it. So I'm like, well, they have three human beings. I'm sure the person working the cashier is going to be just blazing through this. They're going to do the math themselves. They'll recognize, okay, yeah, we don't have a ton of time. We got to move. We got to move. We got hundreds of people in this Walmart. There's only three of us doing the checking out. We got to move. We got to. So my eyes move over to the teenage girl that is doing the checking out, the cashiering, as it were. And she ain't moving, folks. She's got earbuds in or some sort of Bluetooth earbud situation going on. She's listening, hopefully, to the Red Glare podcast, nodding along silently to our discussion on Damian Pierce from last week. I don't know what she's listening to, but she's her name is Brittany. And Brittany, I gather, doesn't really care how long it takes for any given customer to move through the line because she's got to be there. She's got to be there till three o'clock. So who gives a crap if it's the 50th customer she's seen today or the fifth? Doesn't matter. So Brittany is taking each item, a little piece of makeup, scan, pull the bag open, put the little lipstick in the bag. Hmm. Next item. All right, some shoelaces. We're going to do that. Some batteries. We're going to do that. So she's taking her sweet time, and I start to have like a moment of panic because there is so much stuff in this lady's cart. I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's the most stuff I've ever seen in a grocery cart. It defies logic. It defies reason. You wouldn't think that much stuff. My first thought was this lady has stolen a credit card, and she knows she only has an hour for before the rightful owner of that card cancels it. But while she has it, let's get one of everything at this Walmart. One of every item. Every single item. So she's working her way, Brittany, the cashier, working her way one at a time. One at a time. And I'm like, I'm trapped now. I have already invested so much time into this line, into this strategy. And it was because I didn't want to weigh my own cucumbers. And, and then your brain starts going like, okay, it would be awkward to force people, other human beings that are behind me in line, to back out of the line um, so that I can go and weigh my own cucumbers. That would be weird to do. Um, but, but at a certain point, you're like, you're doing the math. You're like, all right, I'm, I've, inve- I've invested this much time. Now, how much time would that take? And then at a certain point, you're like, I would have been gone by now. I would have been long gone. I would have been in the car. We would have been home. Then it would be, my son would be knee deep in dog crap right now if I had just weighed my own cucumbers. But I didn't. I didn't weigh my own cucumbers. And now I'm not going to let them, I'm not going to let Brittany beat me. I will get through this lane. How long does it take to weigh cucumbers? Two minutes? I'm in this line 45 minutes, people. 
no exaggeration, a long time. So long that my wife, who is at home, God bless her, she's at home and she texted me at a certain point like, hey, you need me to come pick up the boy or you guys okay out there? And uh, I'm like, yeah, we're, we're good. We're good. We're doing it. We're getting through. So eventually the woman who didn't buy anything of significance, I'm looking, it's a bunch of small items. They added up to $381.96. We're talking t-shirts. We're talking shoes. We're talking food items. We're talking whatever random stuff, a filter, uh, whatever random thing you can think of. They, she had one of them, at least one. $382 worth of random knickknacks, tchotchkes. And so my son, at one point, he's like, are we ever going to get out of this line? Like, I have a dog poop game, for God's sake. And I, I, I understood where he was coming from. And eventually, Brittany finished with the lady, got my stuff at the same exact speed. Luckily, I didn't have that much stuff. I had some cucumbers. I had a dog poop game. I didn't have a lot of stuff. And so she, she goes through her business. That's all done. We're done. We go get my car. We leave. And I start thinking about how we watched Davis Mills play quarterback on Friday night. And he looked a lot like a lot of offenses that the Texans have rolled out in previous years and not in a good way. And I thought the McNair family have been the Walmart Britneys of my life uh, since 2002. And I have been standing in line, waiting, waiting for them to do their jobs, show some urgency, appreciate that I've been waiting this whole time, this whole time, with a kid, for God's sake. And Brittany McNair is of no, I don't matter to her. And I have no ability to make her... Go! Do it! Faster! So, it occurs to me, if you are in the same boat as I am, know that you're not alone. You're also in line with me. We're both aware that we're in line. We know we're waiting. We know there's nothing we can do about it. We know it's the only place in town you can get an oil change and a cucumber. We know that. Everyone knows that. Brittany knows that. So, Just know that you're not alone. We're in this together. We're in the Walmart line of Texans fandom together. And so that was my main takeaway from Friday night's game. I had hoped to come on this show and talk about Damian Pierce and Davis Mills and how the offense moved the ball. But, of course, as you know, Damian Pierce did not play Friday night, and I'm hoping that means it's because he has the RB1 slot totally locked up. Uh, If you listen to last week's episode, you know that we're very high on Damian Pierce here at the Red Glare Pod. And so thinking about that game Friday night and Davis Mills and the offense's performance. Now, Davis didn't have Brandon Cooks. He didn't have Damian Pierce. They still, you know, they're working with Kenyon Green, the left guard, the rookie, to try to get him up to uh, up to speed. So he didn't have his full offensive line. But he looked 
rough. And even the touchdown drive that he had to end the first half looked rough. And it just, it got me to thinking about how this time in some ways is the best time of the season for optimism for fans, right? For a lot of teams are bad and yet it's pretty apparent that they're bad, you know, two or three weeks into the season, but hope springs eternal in the preseason. And you can imagine, man, if Davis Mills is good and the defense does this and you can project, and I've done a lot of projecting in the preseason as a Texans fan over the years. And I think about ceilings and floors And when we got an expansion team and we started with David Carr in 2002, as a fan, you're just so happy to have a team, you know that team has a very low ceiling in terms of what it can accomplish. The David Carr Texans were not going to win the division. They were not going to win uh, the conference. They certainly weren't going to the Super Bowl. But you could imagine a trajectory in which, okay, if this goes this way and they upgrade the offensive line and David Carr takes a step forward and maybe... Uh, you know, Dominic Davis is, does this and Dom Capers gets more aggressive and all of these things happen. And you can imagine it. And that's sort of your role as a fan is to try to imagine, is to, you know, close your eyes and just think of all these best case scenarios. But if you're realistic, you know that there is a ceiling. There is a ceiling with David Carr. There is a ceiling with Matt Schaub. Now, during the Schaub and Kubiak era, we really pushed against that ceiling, right? Like, I feel like Kubiak's system got the most juice out of Matt Schaub that is humanly possible. I think that's the closest as Texans that we ever came to actually, you know, getting where, as a fan in the preseason, you're imagining you could go. Uh, Matt Schaub was not a perfect quarterback by any means, but he, we found the perfect system for him. Uh, our defense was good. Our running game was good. Andre Johnson was good. And for a moment there, as a fan, you could really imagine success. And we have not had that opportunity as Texans fans very often, right? We didn't have it during the David Carr years. We didn't have it during Tony Banks' time as our quarterback, We didn't have it with Sage Rosenfels. We didn't have it with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Case Keenum and Ryan Mallett, Brian Hoyer, Brock Osweiler, Tom Savage. But we did have it with Deshaun Watson. And for all the horrible aspects of the Deshaun Watson story, and I'm sure we'll get into Deshaun more on this podcast moving forward, but... Before all the ridiculousness came out with the massage business and the suspensions and fines and all that, he had already requested a trade. So as a Texans fan, on some level, even before the allegations surfaced, you knew Deshaun Watson was not going to be our quarterback most likely moving forward. And that was really unfortunate. Like, Bill O'Brien pulled this franchise down in a heap with him when he left. Um, And I knew, because for 20 years, 15 years before Deshaun Watson got here, there was a ceiling that I, as a fan, I could look up and see the ceiling. The ceiling is nine wins. The ceiling is maybe we get to the division. Maybe we win a playoff game. That's our ceiling. 
And it sucks to have a ceiling that is so obvious, so apparent. But when we drafted Deshaun Watson and we got to watch him play, all of a sudden it was like, hold on a minute. We don't actually have a ceiling. There is no ceiling with a quarterback that's that good. Now we just need everything else to be built up to a reasonable level to allow us to you know, maximize our potential here. And that was one of the things when Deshaun decided he didn't want to be a Texan anymore. As a fan, I thought, hey, we got rid of Bill O'Brien. We're moving on. Somebody else can get that ceiling going for us again. And Deshaun's like, no, not here. It's not going to be here. And so you draft Davis Mills in the third round. He plays last year, shows some promise. And I'll be honest, I didn't love Davis Mills last year, even when he was playing well. But I was optimistic that the offseason would turbocharge his development and he'd come in and really look improved early on. And that has not been the case, of course. So it looks like we're going to play a lot of our starters on Thursday uh, because of how inept the offenses looked up to this point. And we'll see. We'll see what we'll see what they look like. Now, I hope to be back on this show soon. We're going to preview uh, the upcoming season. And I hope you will continue to join me here. Join me on Substack at redglare.substack.com. Join me on Twitter at redglarepod. And reach out if you have any questions, tips, feedback. I appreciate it. Once again, my name is Daniel Fritch, and you've been listening to the Red Glare Podcast, the preeminent Houston Texans and Houston Rockets podcast on the internet. Take care, guys, and we'll talk soon.